Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio, this is The Ramsey Show, where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your relationships, and your work. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by Dr. John Deloney, and we're here for you this hour, taking your money questions, of course. And then those relationship questions, mental health stuff. And then uh, John and I love when we're together, we like to take on those nasty work situations that involve a whole lot of mental health. And uh, and then the money comes in there too, John, because people don't want to leave necessarily a nasty situation, but it's killing them. Yeah, and I I, I, I I was waiting for today to talk to you about this stat I saw the other day. Do you mind digging into a work question? I don't. I saw that they, they doubled the expectation in jobs. Is that right? What do you mean by doubled the expectation? That there was an expected. Here's how many jobs we think are going to new jobs are going to oh, be out yeah, in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and it came out. It was double. Yeah, over three hundred thousand jobs. They thought it was going to be in the hundred fifty thousand jobs. So again, we're in a weird, it's weird, so weird job man. economy because unemployment's low, three point seven percent. But people are laying big companies are laying people off because there's this threat of a recession. Some economists think we're already in a mild recession. Uh, and so anyway, uh, n- needless to say. Uh, you can still get a good gig right now, uh, and inflation seems to be dipping, but the Fed says they're going to raise interest rates maybe two more times before the year is out. We are seeing now the Supreme Court ruled just last week that the student loan uh, forgiveness from Biden is not legal. So now student loan payments coming on in late August. It's about ready to get into a really crazy financial time, and all that to say people who have control of their finances – have more margin, which means they have more freedom to pivot when the economy gets weird. So who knows where we're going economically, John? It's a weird moment, These man. principles work no matter what kind of economy you're in. They work especially when things get sideways. Exactly. Right? So we're here for you. Let's get to the phones. 888-825-5225. Brian starts us off in Cleveland, Ohio. Brian, how can we help? Hey, this, uh, nice. thank you guys for taking my call. Okay. I was wondering, so I, um, I'm 21 years old and I just bought my first rental property and I was, uh, I just fixed it up and it's pretty much all we fixed. But my only question is my sister wants to move in here and I don't like, I want her to move in because you know how rent's so high. She pays so much in rent, but how do I, how do I keep that business and the family different and separate? So you, I'm getting a mixed message. You said you want her to move in. You want to be able to help her out, but you're worried that it's going to alter your relationship or do you know her well enough to know it's going to be drama? Um, well, it's not, it's not like it's, uh, it's more of an issue with how I don't want, you know, cause our family's so close and I just don't like, I, I would like to keep it separate from the business and family, but I also really want to help her out. Do you think I should, or do you think I gotcha. probably shouldn't? Whenever I enter into an agreement like this, and I don't have a rental property, but when I enter into agreement with something like with a family member or especially with a close friend, I think the only way through this is extreme, extreme clarity on the front end and making sure you have a separate, this is business, this is when rent is due, you got to pay rent, all that, or this is what's going to happen on the back end. And letting your sister know i'm gonna have to run this as a business um but yes the chances of you running this into a mess yeah that's that's a very real possibility when you do business with family what do you think ken okay well i actually i'm curious to know why you keep saying the business of family and i i think i know what you mean but i'm just wondering if there's something else there 
Um, well, it's not really a business or family. Like, you know, this is like my, um, like the, one of my first fam- um, family members actually bought a house, like one of their kids. And so I just, you know, there's a lot of like renters that, like, you know, a lot of my family members rent. And I was just, you know, I thought it was a good opportunity, you know, if I start buying houses, I can rent to them. But, um, okay, I, I just see. didn't know if that's like, yeah. If that makes sense. Okay. So John dug in, I thought on the right thing here. I don't know. Sure. We got a good answer. Are you worried that you and your sister, uh, in this relationship now, it changes when she becomes a, uh, renter from you and you are her landlord. Are you worried about that in general because of the nature of how the relationship changes? Or are you worried, meaning it could be any family member and you'd have the same question, or are you worried specifically about this situation with her? That's what I'm curious about. Um, I'm more worried about the situation here. That's what makes sense. Well, I think John saw, I think you heard that. And it's so, um, when, when John asked you that, and now that we get some clarity on that, I think you need to listen to that red flag. What specifically, if it were another family member, uh, you wouldn't have pause. What about this particular relationship causes pause? Um, it's more like, you know, I bought this house and, you know, I was like talking about it. She said she was going to save a lot of money and, that was going to be really good. You know, it'd be really good for both of us. But, you know, I, I thought, you know, maybe since, like, you know, she might be my sister, she could help me out a little bit. I've asked her a couple of times and she's always turned me down and said, no, no, I'm not going to help you. But to me, it's like the red flags about it. Cause it's like, Oh, well, are you going to keep the property up then since you're not really helping? I mean, I'm just very worried about that. If that makes sense. I, I would, I would come out of the gate and listen, just do what Ken said. You're 21 years old. This is not the time of your life to start divorcing yourself from your innate Mm-hmm. wisdom this is the time to lean into it and as a 21 year old you're gonna have to practice it and these lessons are going to pay dividends when you're 30 40 and 50 but if your gut says no dude don't yeah, don't make a rule that says hey guys i just don't rent to family i love you all too much and um, i want to make sure that business doesn't mix with family and by the way can i give you some unsolicited advice yeah of course if you're running around as a 21 year old um leveraging rental properties in ohio um, you're going to be up for a world of hurt. If you if you're buying these places with cash, cool. But if you've watched a lot of social media and you are trying to put seven percent down or no money down or two percent down, and you're buying a rental house and you're going to immediately roll it into somebody else, I'm just telling you right now, none of my job would exist if my boss hadn't done that exact same thing and gone stone broke when the when the economy turned. Mm-hmm. If I'm no, you, I put 20, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I said I put twenty percent down on the foreclosure. I bought about seventy thousand, and um, I've been fixing it up. And it's about probably is this your only home? Uh, yeah. Okay, great. So this is your primary home. Can you move into it and just have it be your house? Um, well, I was gonna do it. Uh, I was gonna live in an apartment with my buddy, so I can live. I can live for free because well, I'm charging. You charge me. And my buddy split the rent for the apartment, and basically, I'd live for free in the apartment. If that makes sense, so I can save up more money and pay off this house as quickly as I can and buy my second second house. I, I get the sentiment, and I'll just tell you personally, as a guy who's owned a bunch of houses, yeah. the house I'm living in right now, I told this yesterday, um, was thoroughly inspected, and I got a second inspection on, on a couple of other issues. And in the last 36 months, I've replaced a roof, an air conditioner. I've got... Un- th- thousands and thousands of dollars in electrical repairs I got to do. So I'm telling you right now, your living for free scam is, is not going to be free, I promise you. That's just from a guy that's owned a bunch I of agree. houses. I, we want you to live in that, get the roommate over there, 
pay this sucker off, and now you've got your first property in it. That's the way to do this. Oh, I like that. This. Roommate can, can help you I'd live bring for the free. roommate over to the house. There you go. And pay off the house early. I like that. Uh, that. That would be a great play for you long term, my friend. Again, you're 21. So anyway, red flag, listen to it on the sister. Move forward without that. I think you're going to be better off. Thank you, Brian, for the call. For the rest of you, don't move. More of your calls coming up. He's John Deloney. I'm Ken Coleman. This is The Ramsey Show. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her social security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by Don, uh, Dr. John Deloney. I can't talk. There's too many D, the J, the whole thing threw me off there. Whatever they hired me. I'm okay, me, folks. Um, the medication's put, kicking in. They put in. me on the board and as Don Deloney. Oh, did they? That's how they did it, man. I like that. That's very good. Anyway, he is Dr. John Deloney. I'm Ken Coleman. Welcome to the show. We're here to talk to you about your life, your money, your work, your relationships. By the way, all three of those issues are inextricably connected. If you're not winning in one of them, there's a good chance you might be losing in the other. We want to help you today. 888-825-5225 is the number. 888-825-5225. Carla is joining us now in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Carla, how can we help? Hey, guys. Thank you so much. I'm grateful to be able to speak to you guys. Um, So my husband, he took a promotion. I think he regrets taking it. Um, this coming early next year, he will be there 20 years, um, and he has a pension. So I know he's sticking through it until then. He's super high anxiety. Um, I'm kind of very worried about him and his health as we're overall healthy people with how much stress. Um, and so I'm just wondering how I can be as supportive as possible. How do I be a supportive wife while I watch him go through such negativity? Um, I'm trying to be light and positivity. Um, sometimes it feels draining, so I'm just curious the best way I can go about being as supportive. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about this recent promotion. How long ago was the promotion? He's been there 20 years. How long has he been in the new role? Um, about two years. Um, he did work with his predecessor for a while. Um, and so with that person being gone, um, he's really taken on a lot of responsibility. All right, that's my next question is, in that 20 years, when did it start to get as bad as it is now? Has it been this way a while, or is it connected to this promotion? Um, it's connected to the promotion. So he did not have all this anxiety and all this junk and all this negativity prior to this? He did. It's just he's a very high-anxiety person and very perfectionist okay so he had the anxiety Um, making it worse okay that's what i'm trying to figure out for john here because i know you're ready to dive in but so you're telling me the high anxiety was already there uh but this has made it way worse 
Yes. But he wasn't miserable prior to this is what I'm trying to get at. Was he? Was he miserable? Um, not miserable. Okay. I'm just um, trying to get no, the, 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 no. the levels of how it how this particular promotion has changed things because this plays into this. Sure. Yes. Um, all right, John. I know you're ready to dig in on this well, one. Well, it... it so is he planning on being done in a, less than a year when his pension roll uh, becomes uh, vested? Um, well, that's kind of another question I had is he's been doing this for so long, he doesn't know what else he would want to do after. And so I'm trying to do my best to kind of guide and give him you know, resources to figure out what that could be. We can um, help him with that. Yes. Quite- we can help him, but this is a bigger issue yeah, than now. You're you're now rolling over. You're becoming his mom. You're not becoming right. his wife. Um, right. Let me just tell you what happened in my house. That's the best I can yeah. give you. Um, there came a moment when my wife um, sat down with me, and it wasn't a finger in my face, and it wasn't a yelling fight. It was not on the back heels of another fight. It was us just having some connection time, just talking. And she said, I'm watching um, my husband die right in front of my eyes. And she said, I don't like it. I don't know what to do about it, but it, it's hurting me and it's hurting you and it's hurting the kid. Like, And it was it was not her just trying to, like you said, be positive and be like, hey, it's going to be okay. It was her acknowledging, I see what this is doing to you. And... Um, that for me was an impetus to I've got to do some different things. And for me, I stayed in the job. I but I had to have some boundaries here at work. I had to take care of my physical body outside of work. I started exercising. I had to go see a counselor and deal with some crap I hadn't dealt with in a long time. I had to go do a bunch of stuff. I had to get some different training on some things. And so you can't be the person who is shoveling all the stuff at your husband because you're gonna turn into his mom and then you're gonna make sure his socks are put in the right drawer at the end of the day. Um but he does need you as somebody he trusts and loves to also be a person who can tell him the hard truth, not about what's wrong with him, but about how this is affecting you. So okay. this, the conversation is about you. Yeah. Um, and you might feel like he doesn't need one more thing. He might finally be at peace because somebody he loves sees him for who he really is. And that's a guy who loves his family and a guy who's out of gas. So that's what I was wondering. So it's not a selfish thing for me to tell him that how I feel about it. It's a gift to him. It will be very hard to hear and he might not have the tools to deal with it on the back end. Okay. But you are, here's the deal. You're keeping secrets from him and he feels that disconnection and he's trying to solve it in the only way he knows how, which is to go do more work. Yeah. Our communication's really taken a toll from all of this. Yes. But we both have recognized that it is something we're working on, but that's exactly how it feels like a big secret. There is a biological consequence to keeping secrets in a marriage. It'll bury your marriage. And please don't use a fight as the moment to dump a wheelbarrow full of secrets on somebody. Set up a Saturday morning where y'all going to go to breakfast and just have an open, we're a year out from you retiring. I need you to, t- I need to tell you how I'm experiencing the last couple of years. Okay. And I love you too much to not say the truth. And this okay. is about how you feel, not about what he's doing. You see you see the difference? Yes. And Carla, just, let me let me add to that really quickly. Um 
when you're saying this, this is for him. You understand what I mean? You're concerned. What John said is so powerful the way you're positioning it, positioning this. But here's the thing he has to understand. And since we're not keeping secrets anymore, you can tell him that 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 you called. And I'd actually let him watch this on yeah. YouTube. That's the power of YouTube because I, I want to speak to him for a second. There are two issues going on here. There is his anxiety, John. And the perfectionism that she pointed out, that's coming from somewhere deeper, and and that's in your lane, but that's him. And then there's his job. And the common denominator in both of those is him. Him. He has the choice. He has the power to get healing on the one issue, the perfectionism, the anxiety, all that stuff. But he also has the power to go, you know what? This is not the best seat on the bus for me, and it's not worth gritting and bearing it for one more year while he's trying to get healthy. In this case, what I'm saying is, Whatever's going on with this particular seat on the bus, it has gotten worse, and the seat isn't helping whatever else is going on. And I just want you to somehow articulate that, Carla, to go to give him some permission and some freedom to go, I can make these changes, I should make these changes, and my wife is supportive of it. That's kind of what I I, I want to make that point, John, because Absolutely. then he's going to feel less, I hope, defensive and feel empowered to go, oh. I, I can actually make some choices. We'll get to the point of deciding what's next, and I'd love to give him the assessment, the Get Clear assessment, and my book, From Paycheck to Purpose. We'll give you those as gifts, Carl, in just a moment. But, John, I Thank wanted you. to bring it back to you on that because that's what I'm hearing yeah. is he needs to see that he's the common denominator, which means he can change. He's got to hear that he can change, and Carla can't say, you have to do all of this stuff. That's right? correct. Um, and so, Carla... A great gift my wife gave me was she started going to a counselor and she said, I'd love for you to join me. And I, because I'm a genius, was like, well, I already know all the answers to what they're going to say. That's what I do for a living. And so I put it off, but she kept going and she kept going and then she'd come home and then I started noticing a different wife in an amazing way. And then I finally reached out to her counselor and said, hey, would you see me too? And I will tell you, after the last six months, my whole life trajectory is different. And But it wasn't my wife saying, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. She was saying, I love you so much. I wish you would. And then she went and made an appointment for herself. And I got to watch her walk that path with a light out into the distance. And I got to see it safe out there. And then I headed on myself. You're a good lady, Carla. Thank you so much for trusting us. And uh, we're hoping you and your husband, I'd rewatch this and talk through it together. No secrets here, and there's no reason for anyone to have any shame. Both of you are good people that are navigating an uncertain situation, and you're going to come out on the other side. Thank you again. Hey, don't move, folks. More of your calls coming up here on The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by my colleague, Dr. John Deloney. And we are here for you, America, taking your calls about your money, your relationships, and your work. Already had some really interesting calls, combining all three of those. So if you're just feeling stuck today, you're maybe new to the program, you're going, I don't know if I trust these guys, uh, we would love to earn your trust. We want to help you because there's a very clear path forward. 
uh, despite what you feel right now, and we are here for you. 888-825-5225, 888-825-5225. As I speak, a brand new listener, Sam, joins us from the great city of Austin, Texas. Sam, how can we help? Hey, uh, John and Kane, how are you? We're having a blast. What's going on? Hey, I have a question for you. I uh, recently was able to pay off all my debt, and um, I'm already a step three. I have the three to six months. So I'm getting ready to move on to step four. Nice. Invest at 15% in uh, retirement. The only question I have would be, would it make sense to defer that and pay off the home early, or if the 15% is a must? I'm kind of addicted to paying it off. So. Yeah, man, you're, you're talking my language. I get it. How close are you to paying the house off? Like, if you so went if full bore, how, how quickly could you pay it off? About two and a half years, and it would be about four if I did the 50%, give or take. Oh, man, you are right. Do you have one job right now? Yes, I What's... have one job, and I also have a pension. How old are you? 41. What's your income? Uh, so combined, it's uh, about 260. Ooh, I, here's the deal, man. I, I know there's – Ken, you you come with the, the more correct answer, the more global answer. I can't in good conscience tell you not to do this. If you are going to be any more than two and a half years, I would tell you exhale and take a break. But if you tell me that at 43 – you're going to have your house paid off and it's not going to kill it's not you like your wife's in on this y'all are all in on this together um and y'all are going to sprint for just another 24 months another 30 months i that's what i would do let me be more clear that's exactly what i did i just paused <laughs> it and ran if it's going to be beyond that though what you don't want to do is look up and be three five seven ten years and you don't have any retirement but I did get so allergic to that debt, it made me insane. What do you think, Ken? Well, you put me in a very interesting situation here <laughs> as you've decided to tell someone to pause Baby Step 4 to go into 6. I'll tell you what. I know. It's uh, not smart. I'll tell you what What I what we believe and what we teach. We teach the steps in order, and we're in 4, 5, and 6 many times at the same time. Do both of them. What I would do is, is I would continue investing the 15%, but what I would do is I would take that number, so in your head, if you pause the 15%, what was that amount of money that would allow you to change it from four years to two? What's the amount of money that you would pull out of the 15%? So it would be about 36000 a year. Okay. So if we keep investing at 15%, then I would say if I want to knock this out in two years, I've got to come up with an additional $36,000 on top of you guys. You guys have a great joint income, okay? So I'm going to say I'm going to keep paying the 15%, but I've got in my mind two and a half years or whatever it is, and I would say how do I come up with $36,000 more? That's a minimum to reach that goal. You might go, well, wait a second. What if I could come up with an additional 56000 through a second job, selling some stuff, going crazy, and now I pay it off in a year and a half. So we would prefer that you pay the 15% off and then find that if you're really wanting to knock it out in two years, come up with $36,000 in additional money. Somebody of your ability and your discipline, I think you could do that. So I would ask you to consider that. But I understand what John is saying. Uh, Ken but, is right. Just just make no bones about well, it. Well, I'm following the Dave plan. That's right. But Ken I is also right. understand what you're saying, and I don't think that you're wrong. Yeah. 
that's why you, I said, you know, what do you want me to say? You make a lot of sense, my friend. You you gave the right thing. I I reached a point where the debt made me insane, and when my wife, well, you were already insane. Uh, ex- that just gave it, it you magnified an the insanity. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the you don't want to look up and have it been three, four, five, it, or you're almost there, and then something happens, or you need a new boat there in Austin because it's so beautiful, um, and then all of a sudden. It turns into three, four, and five years. You look up and you're 46 years old and you ha- you're not investing. Makes sense. Is that no, about as clear as mud? Time, I- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes most the most sense long term for rational people to do exactly what Ken just said. And Sam, yeah, makes a lot of run sense. the numbers. Okay, we gave you... We gave you some common sense advice. We gave you an opinion in, in the middle of our baby steps, but run the numbers. Run the numbers with your financial pro, you know, and run the numbers. Okay, if I keep investing at 15% over the next four years, run those numbers so that you can see why we would want you to continue to invest in that time. And the difference between two years of paying off the house, uh, I think if you run those alternate numbers of not investing, I think that's a good exercise for you. Because I do think, and John, John, I think has nailed this here, this is an emotional question, and you're a dude who's very disciplined and you're crushing it, but you're just so mad at the debt. And so we want you to pull back from that. While it's a good emotion towards that debt, long term, I think you come out better investing for four years and having a paid off house. The, the, the numbers won't lie, but I want you to see that on your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't want to miss out on that opportunity cost, right? That 15%. Well sense. said. You said it better than I said. You give yourself good advice. So appreciate the call, my friend. That's awesome. Let's go to Jenny in Salt Lake City. Jenny, how can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I have a question kind of similar to the one before. Um, My husband and I were trying to decide if we should sell our rental property. Um, We don't have any debt besides our first mortgage. And then we bought this rental property in April 2020. So right after COVID. (laughs) Um, we bought it for a hundred thousand. We put it on a 15 year at three and a half percent. Um, and it's, it's two hours away. So it's not convenient to like if my husband has to do something on it, but we bought it because it was cheap, like for, for where we live. Um, and so we're looking at it now and I had this whole plan that we could pay it off in the next year and a half. But then my husband started thinking that maybe we should just sell it. Um, and then we can put that towards our mortgage so that our first mortgage so that we can get that paid off a lot sooner. So why does he um, want to sell it? You had this good plan. It's very doable, but he came at yeah. came at it and went, nah, I think I'm done with it. I want to know why he's done with it. So like I said, it's two hours away. And the reason why it was cheaper, because here in Salt Lake, it's quite expensive for any, any type of house. So it's not in the best city. Um, and so we've had a big turnaround in tenants and we've been, we've always had a duplex ourselves that we had lived in. So we've been landlords for over 15 years, but this is a turnaround of every six months. This is a um, pain so in of, the, you know what, that's what this yeah. is. He's done with it. So <laughs> if we sell it today, but, how much do you walk away with? So we could walk away between 225 and 250. Good God, of, sell well, it. Of what it's asking for. Sell it and right it, now. And we only owe under 80,000. Okay. Okay, so, so you're going to get 2 to 250, you owe 80 on it, and then how much do you owe on your primary home? So we owe 260. I'd sell this tonight. No brainer. I'd have a sign in the yard now. Mm. No brainer. Cuz number okay. one it's already a pain. Neither one of you you're trying to justify keeping it. 
It's a pain, and it changes your life in two ways. It removes the pain, and then it it makes the profit on having a cash house. You're going to pay that house off quickly. My goodness, this is a no-brainer, Jenny. It feels like you're the one trying to talk yourself into this. I, well, it's just like going through the cash flow and realizing to buy a property in the future, it's going to be four to 500000 doesn't matter. Your cash flow is going to be massive when you don't have a mortgage on your primary home. Talk about that cash flow. And your husband maybe yeah. doesn't want to do real estate anymore. Yeah, he's You'll need to have grumpy. that conversation because <laughs> it sounds like he doesn't want to be a landlord anymore. The turnover, you could hear it. The turnover every six months, it's two hours away. It's not a dream property. Gone, done. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) I love that. Oh, don't move. More of your calls. They're stacked up. They're lined up like planes awaiting to land. We're going to get to all of them. Don't move. This is The Ramsey Show. To the Ramsey Show, I'm Ken Coleman. Dr. John Deloney joins me this hour as we take your calls. 888-825-5225. Hey, uh, are you struggling big time in a relationship situation? How about a work situation? Maybe some toxicity? John and I love to do those calls together. It's got a unique vantage point from our areas of specialty. He's in the relationship and mental health area. I'm in the workspace. We talk about your money as well. So that is the opportunity today. 888-825-5225. Let's go back to the phones. Alex is joining us in Erie, Pennsylvania. Alex, how can we help? Hello. Uh, how's everyone afternoon doing? We're having a blast. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. All right. Uh, my question is, uh, I have, I've been on the baby step one, just got it done. And I've been kind of on baby step two for a while paying off my credit cards. And I'm stuck with the decision between paying off my student loan or, or a car that I had to purchase. Okay. Uh, student loans are about 20,000 different all right, Alex. Providers. Hey, Alex, are you moving Car around? 20, hey, Alex, you're cutting out on us. Yeah. Can you hold oh, still? Sorry. Hold that phone still. See if we can get you a little bit better. All right. So say it again. Between your so house and student, and, loan, and student loans in your car? Yeah. My student loans is about 20000 and my car is also about 20000 And what did you say? You have credit card as well? Well, that's all paid off. I oh. just got it paid off okay. last month. Okay, so the only debts you have are the $20,000 student loan or $20,000 car? Correct. And what's your question? Well, the question is, what I, I'm just able to start paying them off, but the interest rates on them are just crazy mm-hmm. on my car. It's 7%, okay. but my student loans are 2000 4000 well, 2% and 4%, and... In the baby steps, they always want you to start with the lowest amount. Which is I'm what? I'm stuck with, which would technically be the student loans by like $1,000. But if I don't, if I keep paying off my student loans, I'll in the long run pay more off of my car. Sure. I'll, I'll have to pay more 
for the car due to that yeah. like seven percent interest rate. Are your student loans consolidated? Or are they in six or seven different smaller loans all lumped together? They're in separate smaller loans. A few of them are like three percent, and a few are four percent. Yeah, I I I know it weighs on you. I I personally, whenever I was going through this process, don't care about the interest rates. What we have found time and time again for decades now is the psychology of little wins is what keeps people running. And so if you're taking multiple loans, five or six or seven different loans, and you are one's 2,000, one's 4,000, one's 6,000, they all add up to 20, and then you look over and you have a car loan for 21,000, I would line up those those loans, smallest to largest, and knock each one of them out over and over and over and over again. You're going to be surprised at how much the $150 here, the $300 here, the $250 here, when you're ready to start paying off your car and that's the last debt you have and all those payments are rolling towards that one thing, it will go quicker than you think it will. Yeah. And let's take a look at the car. Let's take a look at this car. How much is it worth? The car is worth about $23,000. All right. And you feel like you can get twenty three on the open market with it? Have you done the, the, the Kelly Blue Book and you got that number pretty correct? Yeah. All right. The car is relatively new. I had to get a car pretty quickly. And because my parents had to co-sign regardless of practically anywhere I would have looked, they would not let me get a used car. So well, first of all, is it your with, money or mom and dad's money? It was my money that that I saved, but it was under their account. So Well, I get it, but we need to clean up this car. So I changed my mind. I would sell that car private market this I afternoon. I would too. And then how much cash do you have on hand? Not that much. Okay, but um, here's the deal. You need to sell this car and you get a you get a three thousand dollar car and trust me, you can get a three thousand dollar car that'll get from A to B. And mom and dad don't get a say in it because you need to pay your mom and dad back or get them off this thing, either this loan out of your life. And how much is your car payment a month? I'm going to give you some real numbers here. What's your car payment? Uh, my car payment is 450 Dude, you just got a $450 raise. Now that $450 right there goes into these student loans. You're knocking out those student loans pretty quickly. If you work a second job, a third job, you're a young guy, you're able, you can go make... 15 20 25 an hour in some labor positions and you're knocking this out just like john said and then we can upgrade on the car but right now we're going to get rid of this stuff and get rid of it quick how old are you brother i'm 22 all right so i'm gonna tell you something that it took me a long time to learn i i have some of the best parents on planet earth i love my mom and my dad they're both still alive they're both still married they're both very very wise and they are a gift and they do not get a vote into how I spend my money, how I raise my kids, what I do with my career. The earlier you can adopt the understanding that your mom and dad do not get a vote into your adult life. They can give you wisdom. They can walk alongside you. It's their job to give you opinions on everything. That's what mom and dads are supposed to do. It's your job as an adult to internalize you don't get a vote. Unless I specifically ask, hey, dad, how do I, how would you handle this situation? Or, hey, mom, how would you handle this situation? And I do do that. But, bro, your mom and dad don't get a vote on what kind of car you have to drive. And that's a recipe for being broke. You bought a car that you cannot afford, and they put you in that position. Don't do that. 
sell the car, man. And you're going to get a car that nobody's going to date you over. <laughs> so what, man? So what? All right, we just hit you with a lot. Where's your head at on this? So I I did have a, a pretty beat-up car before that, but my reason for getting the new car was it was reliable. And, and for my job, I, I have to at least have a, a presentable car because I'm I am something that's reliable. What's that your job? Need a lot of maintenance. Uh, I work at a company that in my apartment that is really strict on cars and what? what's in the. You work for in, a company in, in your apartment. Yeah, I don't. I don't even understand what that means. So. And, they have like policies on, Hey, if you have a beat up car, uh, it, it's a term for, you know, I would dare a company just, to fire you. I don't even understand what you're saying because can you park you around the corner? Car. They don't want a beat up old car in the parking lot. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, nonsense. I'd park it in the front <laughs> row. I would park it in the front they row and I'd take a chain that. to the hood. But even that, even if that's the issue, quit your job. Good well, gosh, dude. P- pull around the corner. Yeah. I mean, bro, listen, we just laid it out for you. You don't want to sell your car, and that's fine. You can oh. be in debt for another couple of years. You can knock your lights out. Um, we'll send you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you FPU for free, Financial Peace University. I want you to go through it, but you got to promise, dude, you're going to have to watch all the lessons and actually sit down and internalize this stuff because you clearly didn't get this from home. But you're going to have to learn this stuff. We're not telling you to sell your car because we don't like your car. We're not telling you to not sell your car because we don't want you to have fun. We're telling you to sell your car because we want you to be free. Yeah. Yeah. And we want you to stop having to go to mommy and daddy to co-sign a loan as an adult. And I don't want you working at a place that doesn't want you there because of the status of your car. That's insanity. I'm not... I, I, I'm gonna, I choose to believe Alex, someone has told him that, but I, there's all kinds of violations uh, on that. I got to believe there's some HR red flags if you were, if a company were to say, you can't drive that car in the parking lot. I, I, I'm assuming in a right-to-work state, they can do whatever they want to. but well, I, They can fire you for whatever they want. But just sounds... I don't know. If, but if that was me and that was really the case, I'm pulling the car uh, around the corner and I'll walk a half a mile. I'm not going to take out a $20,000 loan to keep an entry-level job. $450 a month, my friend. That's what we're it's telling nonsense. you to get rid of. And think about how the $450 a month pays off the rest of those loans. That's what we want you to consider, but you do you, man. Appreciate the call. I want to thank Dr. John Deloney for hanging out with me this hour. James Childs, our fearless leader and the crew behind the glass to keep us on the air. And you, America, thank you. This is your show. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.